Hello, everybody. You're listening to the Big Chill Podcast. This is episode 45. Give me your best D. Hello, Big Chillians, and welcome back to the Big Chill Podcast. Joined, as always, with Sam and Eddie. Boys, have you watched the Friends reunion yet? It's the talk of the town. Have you have you indulged? Save, saving it for my weekend. Because you need to pick me up for that. the weekend? Yeah, exactly, yeah. I'll hit a real low Sunday afternoon, and then I'll, I'll need some friends to come back into my life. Is it meant to be a pick-me-up? I heard it was quite sad, and there's lots of moments where they're, like, in tears and stuff like that. I mean, I think they were happy tears. You know, they weren't really sad. They were just happy that they were back together. So apparently only the second time they've all been in the same room. The issue I have that when you watch it, you'll... Wait. This is where I take issue, is, like, do you know what? We all love spending time with each other. We all care about each other so much. But in the last 20 years, this is the only time we've all been together. Like, it's not as if money is an issue for any of them. So if they really, really wanted to spend time together, I mean, imagine each one of us was worth whatever. Let's be conservative with each one of them. A hundred million dollars each. And you could say a hundred thousand, Eddie. No, because no, but a hundred thousand dollars, it does make it kind of hard to travel around the world to to get all of your friends together. But if you have a hundred million dollars each, you can just say where and when. Also, Especially considering that at at any one time, at least two or three of them must have been living in the same city. I would say almost every one. Well, um, David Schwimmer, I think, mostly lives in the UK. Okay. Really? Yeah, because he's on that UK. I mean, I was going to say maybe New York because he does a lot of theater. But he does, you know, he does that uh, that show on Sky. Um, Can't remember where he's working in this the. The kind of NSA, whatever TV show. Does he play an American? He does. He plays like the American attache within the British sort of intelligence service. I think. Great story. But he could have met with like Matt LeBlanc whilst he was at Top Gear, right? So they would have had the opportunity to meet. He had two there. Immediately you've got two of the gang. Well, I think that's the issue. I think the reading between the lines was like, this is the second time we've been together in 20 years. I personally think it's all because Matthew Perry, because no one got together with him. Like probably if they were like, if Matt, if Matthew Perry wasn't there, it's like, Hey guys, we see each other every other weekend. This is great. <laughs> well, this is the other thing I would take issue to with too, right? When Jennifer Aniston joined Instagram and she posted that, fo- that she posted that photo of all of them together, right? That was her initial photo that went super viral. So that was only... Was that the ago. one? <laughs> yeah. But that means that means that they didn't they didn't get together all together for eighteen years. Yeah, which is which is fine. They don't have to. It's just to spin it as if oh, we love each other so much and we love spending time together, and but we I don't actually like seeing them. Like that's gross. But <laughs> I do like the bank account I look at whenever I think of them. Yeah. We're friends, but monetarily, financially, we're friends. Financial yeah. friends. I mean, so Frank, are you have you seen it? Yes. Uh, without, well, there's no spoilers. They get together, right? But, you know, quick review. Is it good? Is it is it watchable? Is it funny? It's, 
okay. <laughs> okay. It's it's a little it's, it's not very good. It's a little long. Um it's fun. I mean, it's enjoyable. If you like the show Friends, you'll obviously enjoy it. The part that I didn't mesh with was they had a segment where they had people all over the world kind of chime in about how much friends means to them and how it got them maybe through a terrible time in their life. And that's not the part I'm ripping on. That's fine. And I understand that. Like, I'm sure that, you know, one of the really good stories was this guy who his father developed like a really aggressive form of cancer and he would be in the hospital for like 14 hours, just watching his father kind of go from perfectly fine to really bad. And then he'd have to go home alone because it was just him and his father. And he would kind of just put on friends to zone out and not think about it, kind of just prepare for the next day. And I, I get that, like, that's fine. What bothers me is you have people telling these stories about how much it means to them. And then you find out the next day that they each made about $3 million on this reunion and you figure out that's the real reason, and they could give two shits about all these people that just poured their oh, hearts just, out. Just, hold on, hold on. Just to clarify, the Friends cast made $3 million, because that Each. sounded briefly as if, yeah, 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 no, but the way you spun that sentence, it made it sound as if the guy whose dad had cancer. No, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying, like, they, they play no, no, this I, up I, about I, how much they mean, and then at the end of the day, it's like, do they really care about you and your father and all they've gotten oh, through you because all they cared about is getting together and making $3 million for one night well, of, a, of a show. I, look, I'm going to be, I'm going to play a rare role here and say that seems like an overly harsh critical c- criticism of their intentions. Do you think Jennifer Aniston needs that 3 million? Couldn't she have turned around and been like, Oh my God, this is so moving. All these people, I'm just going to donate this money back to charities and organizations. Donate it back. What did they steal it from charity? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. That came that came straight from cancer research. <laughs> <laughs> the American Heart Association had a ten million dollar hole this year. <laughs> hey guys, guys, it looks like we're under budget. Uh, I think we should put together a friends reunion. <laughs> Could you imagine like, funding the friends reunion and then having the cheek to have it donated? <laughs> You know what they say with budgets. If you don't spend it, you don't get it again. So let's, <laughs> let's, let's, money to make money. Friends Reunion, sponsored by the American Diabetes Association, <laughs> bring together <laughs> TV sitcom reunions for the past the, the 50 one, years. The one with the diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, look, I don't think they care. Does she need the $3 million? I don't know, but it's not... It's not, I'm not in the position to just, I mean, you're basically arguing after a certain, you should hit a certain wealth level. And after that, you should do everything for free. No, As, what I'm saying is they could have easily, I think this reunion was done when the price tag got high enough. Sure. But, but what I don't, but why else would you do it? Why else would you do sit down with James Corden and have him interview with you? Give back to the fans that, have made you millionaires and that have been asking for you guys oh. to sit down and have a reunion for the last decade. But where, where know, does this, where does Eddie's this thought... opinions on fans? <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> they useless pieces of shit. But the Apart point from was, why Apart would from I, ours. why would I have so much money to sit with James Corden? That would be the killer for me. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't James Corden, would you do it then? So yeah. for free, love it. But like, I do get what you're saying, but but you could keep that thought exercise like, oh, well, why don't you do a whole nother season of Friends for free then, right? Why don't you give back to the fans? 
do a no, whole but that's, new season. But that's not what I'm saying because that's a little different. Like having a one hour special because it's a one hour special. But it wasn't they just get together and chat. It, it wasn't just an hour, right? Like okay. it's not like it was. They didn't no just. More than a day. They didn't just literally no turn up. <laughs> when you watch okay. it, you'll realize it's no more than a day. Because I'll, I'll give you the the spoiler alert. Matthew Perry may have gotten dentures the day before and can barely speak, and his voice is identical in like the outside interview and the little like skit they do in the apartment. So it was done in one day for sure. Or he just has to keep getting dentures. I mean, he's he's Maybe. had some pretty big he issues. Does, he does not look good. <laughs> no, I mean, but like supposedly they had they had turned it down several times solely because of the cost. Like they were offered a million initially, and they're like, "No, we're not doing it for a million. Like, come on. But and then you're gonna I, really. Look, I do think this is a rare role for me to be playing, but I, I, I mean, they're under no obligation to. Like they made a TV show. They're not, they're not martyrs. Like, but then it's, it's cool. Yes, you're right. That's fine. You're right. No, but then don't spin off the card that they are martyrs and that people's lives are amazingly affected by it. Don't play that card. Then it's not. It's a scale. It's not. It's not like you either have to want to make money and you're like fuck everyone else. I will. I will step on your skull for that million dollars. Or you can just be like, do you know what? It really means a lot that we made a TV show that that affected people and helped them. But I want to make money for it. Yeah. But it's money, really please. cool. <laughs> look, look. All I'll say is, Sam, keep this down. When we sign the big contract with the Big Chill Podcast. Frank, he's going to be the one who just keeps his integrity, and he's just going to be the one who says, look, the feedback we get from the fans means a lot, and then you and I will just cash the checks, and that way we can all... Fine with me. Frank will hit a ceiling, and Wow, he's just said... Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no, he doesn't get even... His ceiling's $1. He's just said, fine (laughs) with me. That's what he just said. No, I make my money during the podcast, and then once we're done... And people still just want to hang out with us and public appearances free all the time. Wow. Free. free. So even if you're committed to like several other engagements, you're going to make the time for no charge to do something you did a decade ago. Well, no, if I have like open heart surgery scheduled for that week, so I'm not going to cancel it to go do a, a free meet and greet at the local Walgreens. <laughs> I like the 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 future you see for yourself. Let's let's try and get this conversation a little bit back on track because I don't know where we're going anymore. But, <laughs> but no, I will watch the Friends reunion this week. Real quick, Eddie, thirty seconds. What's your feeling on James Corden? He's on record as being a dick, right? Like he's basically a British Ellen from all news reports. He treats his staff really horribly. He's a very he is a very different person on camera to the one that's off camera. That always really bothers me. In particular, it bothers me when your on-camera persona is the lovable, funny guy who really cares about people. Like, you can go the other way. You can be the asshole on camera and then off it be really, really nice. But if your persona, like his whole image is built around just being a really great guy and then it turns out he's awful, that bit bothers me. I also just don't find him to be tremendously funny. So, but he's done a really good job of pushing his career forward. You have to admire his career trajectory is very unusual. Sort of his career path is unusual and his career trajectory is pretty incredible. 
you you seem to have a good job of sweeping up people that Britain seems annoyed at by a certain point, like James Corden, Russell Brand. Like whenever we just get annoyed with them, we just kind of sweep them over to your side of the pond and they seem to, for some reason, be endeared. I mean, Gavin and Stacey was funny. So he got off to a good start with that. He's obviously talented. I'm not going to... Except for like, cats. He's genuinely, yeah, he's genuinely talented. It's just that he's... I don't think he's actually, as a as him as a person, I don't think he's particularly funny. Like the only time he's I've ever found anything he's been really involved in at all amusing, and it got very tiresome, but was when he played the like England fan interacting with the England team, which he kind of did for a while, and being this. But that was just him being like, look at me, I'm the fat England fan. Oh, David Beckham, it's so nice to hang out with you. I'm the fat England fan. Oh, hey, Peter Crouch, look at me. I'm the fat England fan. You know what I really hope? I really hope England win because I'm the fat England fan. And that was that was his role, basically. That's all he did. Real quick, I, I have to clarify. Does he himself call himself the fat England fan or are you just being... No, he, <laughs> uh, plays, he plays like the drunken lout. Okay. He, it's, it's part of the character and it is acknowledged at times because he makes jokes about like playing with them and stuff. It was the fact that he wasn't in shape was part of the character very, very clearly. Yeah. I don't terribly mind him. The, the thing I do dislike is he, to use another podcast term, he kind of like plays tummy sticks with all the guests. He's like super enamored and is like in love with every guest and person. Tummy sticks. Yes. When have we ever said tummy sticks? I said to use another podcast. Oh, what, what I, podcast? What, what podcast, podcast are you pulling in, tummy sticks from? In uh, in in spit and chiclets. Whenever like players are too oh, friendly with each other, they say like they're playing tummy sticks with each other because like they're hockey players. They shouldn't be like chatting on the ice and like like you know like laughing and giggling with each other. But it's like whenever you see him, it's like he's the number one you know, like fanboy of every person he interviews. And it kind of just gets old after a while where he's just like over obsessive with people. That's the part that kind of annoys me a little bit, but I don't find him as annoying, I guess, as you guys do. But I think maybe that's because of the well, being from England. I don't really well, care. Also, also, yeah, I, I, he's not actually someone I have that strong of an opinion on. The one thing I will also say, just the American late night talk show model is so broken. That in a sense, it's not even his fault. Like, I think Conan O'Brien is maybe the legitimately is only the, the only legitimately funny late night host, but it's impossible to be that funny within that setup because it is just fake five minute, six minute bits with a celebrity coming in pretending to really care about what they're doing. You know, already be, having been pre-interviewed so you are just basically going over a script i think you're set up to fail fundamentally from that it obviously works like people watch the tonight show and stuff but it isn't you anyone critiquing it and saying like this is not genuine comedy i think everyone making it knows that it's not they know they're just trying to appeal to mass america as you fall asleep that's just what they're there for now you said you i'm gonna let you go on to hockey early here frank because oh. you talked about players. Pass, hockey. pass, pass. No, no, I'm not no, even no, going to. You pass. want this. You no, want no, I'm going to ease you. Actually, do you know what? Actually, 
I'm going to try and spin <laughs> this comparison properly, but you are going to do it in two ways. You said that, you know, hockey players sometimes playing tummy sticks with each other. Well, two hockey players who were definitely were not playing tummy sticks with each other last night in the Montreal uh, Winnipeg game at the very end of the game when I, you may, Scheifele, Scheifel, I don't know how you say his last name, but the hit that he yeah. had on Evans as after he scored the empty netter as the game, as kind of time expired, basically. One of the dirtiest things I've ever seen in a professional sport, I've kind of, in, Sam has not seen this, so I'm going to share the video with him. To me, legitimately, I think he should be arrested. Like if they sending him to the penalty <laughs> box, like I would have had the police walk onto the ice and handcuff him in uniform, and then just escort him out of the arena. Here you go, Sam. I'm gonna let you oh, live reaction. Okay. Do a live reaction to this, ladies and gentlemen. He's playing the video right now. Yeah. So this is at the very end. <laughs> He's down, and he's got that weird kind of arms just gone. Yeah, not like he's got like his, him. his body is is done, and he's in the position that he fell. Like he's, yeah. his body has nah, a fair play to the officials for just running in and just like rocking over him essentially in protection. Well, I, I mean, yeah, oh, he is in the body position of his soul has left him. Fundamentally, <laughs> that's it. It's I game mean, over. Do they show? Do you have a replay on this? I think it cuts to a replay at some point. So what happens? Yeah, they allowed to fight. Yeah, they'll let them fight sometimes. In this instance, they probably are less likely to let them fight. Oh, here you go. (laughs) Just (laughs) that is now body slam. Do you want my uh, opinion on it? No. Sure. Okay. Five years ago, well, let me go back a little further. Ten years ago, that's not even a penalty in the NHL. He had still almost had the puck on his stick at that point. He's very close to still, like, he just gets rid of the puck. Ten years ago, that is well within the timeline to hit someone. And he's got his head down. You say and just got rid of the... Hold on. You say... I mean, for starters, anyone who doesn't know the video we're referring to, I'll share it on our social media. So follow the Big Chill podcast on Twitter and you'll get the link there. You say he's... The way you're describing it is if he's like the defenseman and he's about to clear the I, the puck back up the ice. Well, he's, he's trying just, to put an empty net goal in. Yeah, he's... No, no, no. He's not trying to. He's done it. Like, and there would have been no thought in your mind skating towards him that he's, it, it's like saying as if, to use a football analogy, it's like imagining someone's rounded the keeper, they're about to tap the ball into an empty net, and you come with a knee-high tackle from behind that just rips through their ACL and MCL, and you're like, he, he technically hadn't scored yet. Like, it's like there's, you know what was going to, like, there, it was it was a foregone conclusion. Yeah. But the difference is, in in European football, that's never allowed. But in hockey, you're allowed to hit someone. Like you can not hit like if you that, hit. Though. Yeah, but he's not. I mean, it would have made more sense if he was like plowing into the goal in some sort of like frantic, like body lined attempt to stop the puck going into the net. Right? He's not going to stop him by plowing into him there. He's going to stop him by getting in front of the puck. Right? 
Yeah. But, listen, I, I'm playing devil's advocate to try and play the other side. I agree. It's an absolute dirty hit. And especially in today's NHL, he's probably gone for the playoffs. I don't think he comes back. Well, I'm saying so in, in general, there are a lot of hockey players, a lot of ho- like former hockey players and fans that say that that is a completely fine hit in hockey because hockey is a violent sport. And if someone has their head down, that's not your fault. And you're allowed to clean their clock and knock them cold because that's hockey. He said clock there, Sam, just so you're just so you don't get too excited. But... I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> At first, I didn't get the joke. <laughs> the other thing that's actually more aggressive now in that hit is that he leaves his feet that you cannot ever in the NHL do anymore. Like he torpedoes into him again. Ten Whoa. years ago, ten years ago, but, people would be off their seats cheering that. Like that yeah, was, but, I, I mean, and, and at I'm a certain serious, moment in time, like, we got to, yeah, yeah I, I, Frank, we understand that's every context sport has had to uh, accept the idea that you can't go boom after some guy's just <laughs> been knocked unconscious. And yeah, 20 rugby would have been the same. American football is the same. Yeah. It's not really a defense to be like, oh, look, we realize how serious this brain trauma could be. But 10 years ago, we didn't. So it's fine, right? Like, um, <laughs> like, no, but I'm just saying that's why you're going to hear a lot of people that still say that's a clean hit. I haven't heard anyone defend it. The only person I've heard defend it is the Winnipeg coach, and I feel like he's just required to do that. <laughs> the Montreal head coach was just like saying he thought it was the dirtiest thing he'd ever seen in hockey, that he should be suspended, but said if he's but not he's also suspended. <laughs> yeah, but he also said if it's not suspended, it doesn't matter. We'll take care of it on the ice. Yeah. So yeah, one that's of the defensemen already said we'll, we'll make his life miserable if he's actually back in this series. <laughs> but that's why they'll suspend him, right? Not even even if they don't think what he does warrants necessarily that suspension. You can't possibly allow. Similar to that game we spoke about before, right? Where the the fight there, what was it like, thirty five trips to the penalty box or whatever? Yeah. It's just going to be that again, but in a playoff game. It's crazy in this kind of sport that you're allowed to basically say there will be retribution there will be blood for what just happened can you imagine that in football with like sheffield united v man U when it's like yeah it was a dirty tackle but watch out next time because he's gonna get scythed on the ground every time well it does raise that interesting question too right which we've discussed what's the what's the line between it being just something that's illegal within the sport and something that's illegal in wider society. Say then he goes on to say, not then touch wood that nothing like this happens. Say something horrific happened and he had a horrible hit and died. Then it, it goes from just an accident in the sport. It's now premeditated murder because you've had flat out a coach <laughs> and player saying next time he's on the ice we're getting yeah it's not even manslaughter because they've no it's like it's yeah you knew what you, you went in the press and said next time he's 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 getting it yeah and you did like, that weird done. like across the throat motion as you said it it was kind of strange yeah it's i mean it would be fun to see a load of police officers come on the ice and just slip around it would they, be fun they try and catch this person oh wow be some sort of like Benny Hill thing. Now we get the the real excitement can start because whilst it might be a slightly slow week in the world of sports, we have already drafted the letter A, we've already drafted the letter B, we've already drafted the letter C, and now we're on to the letter D. 
So for those give me your D's. Yeah. Give me all those D's. For those who've missed previous episodes, we are going through the full alphabet in drafting the best sports teams, beginning with that letter. Now, we've kind of set rules and then broken them at different times. The fundamental rule is supposed to be, in the case of American sports teams, it would be, well, in the case of teams that would be known by their nickname more than they are known by their location. So in the U.S., that's basically always the case. So the Chicago Bulls are a B and not a C. But in in European sports, in most European sports teams, where they would be primarily known by their location, then they would go by the city or town in which they are based. Yeah. So, For the most part, it's what you would call that team in a normal situation. Yes. It's, yes. It's the common sense approach to which letter they should fall under. But we've had to yes. create rules because obviously... Just having a rule that says use your common sense is never a good rule. <laughs> so thoughts on D, tough. I did not expect this letter to be as hard as it was. From a European side, very little. Don't know what yeah, you guys I, thought. I think the issue was is one, there's not a lot of teams named D and B. They're not very good, the ones that are. So that also becomes an issue. You're trying to pick from the five or ten that you could think of, and you're going, well, they've won a championship in 55 years, so does that make them good? But I don't have anyone else, so I don't know what to do here. So you had to get a little creative, which is what I've slightly gone the creative route. So this is the first kind of rotation. So I'm going to draw first, followed by... Frank, then Eddie, and then I can't remember how the works after that. Eddie, you get the fourth, Frank the fifth, then I get the sixth, then I get the seventh. You're just explaining this we, for yourself, we, I think. Yeah, I think it's just, there's one to, word. It's, it's called okay, snake. Okay, I get one six seven. I get yeah. one six seven. Yeah, it's a snake. It's a traditional snake draft for anyone familiar. <laughs> Very common snake draft. Serpentine, if you want to get a little bit fancier, but yes, it is. It just means that each round, the round reverses. That simple. Sam, you got the number one pick? Oh, God, don't take my pick. Dodgers. Fuck. (laughs) 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 This is going to go down quick. (laughs) Well, this was, like I said, it's going to be one of those kind of cut and run for me because (laughs) I've got like a while to wait now. So they've won seven World Series titles, which is the fourth most. Uh, they're one of the oldest franchises, so they're up in Brooklyn for a long period of time where they had a massive rivalry in New York. Uh, then they moved to LA. I've completely not written. The, the, it was in like the 50s. I, yeah. Wow, I just... I, it was like the late 50s. I've written, I, <laughs> you won't believe it, but I've written 1950, I, like 195 and then Mr. Number. So great. Great research on my part. The Dodgers, the Dodgers moved before the 1958 season. So it was 1958. Okay, they played their first four seasons at the LA Memorial Coliseum before moving to their current home, Dodger Stadium, in 1962. Yep. And Frank, going back to your point, like, did they win before? If they haven't won now, are they still relevant? They won it last time, and they're favorites to win it this time. So, I got a relevant team. At the moment, I've got a famous team. I've got one of the most decorated teams. So as far as D's go, the Dodgers was a pretty clear first pick for me, actually. 
Yeah, I I was hoping you'd not go the American route and let me have them, but I think it's out of the ones I could look at, it was the best one. Did you find out why they're called the Dodgers? I thought this was interesting, and I did not know this fact until I did a little research. Pretty morbid reasoning, because they are named the Dodgers based off the name Trolley Dodgers, because when they started in Brooklyn, that used to be all horse-drawn trolleys, and then they switched to these electric trolley lines, and they were just everywhere in Brooklyn. And people would literally have to dodge the trolleys. And within three years, it had accumulated 130 deaths and maimed over 500 people in the streets of Brooklyn. So pretty morbid, but that's why they are named the Dodgers, because of the trolley dodging that was going on in Brooklyn at the time of the of the team. So I thought that was pretty neat. Um, the other thing, I mean, we always talk about like what makes a good team. You have the iconic jersey, right? I think that's one of the most iconic in baseball is that white with the royal blue Dodgers written across. Um, that's been around forever. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough pick and, to argue against. And Jackie Robinson. Yeah. And iconic plays, too. It has that the Kirk Gibson home run is one of the most iconic home runs in history when he pinch hits with no knees and hits the game winning home run in a world series. So they got a lot going for him. Eddie, did you expect the Dodgers to be gone early? Was that like a, they would have know that was the play from my part or they would have been my number one pick. I was put it this way as someone picking third. I did not expect the Dodgers to make it to the third pick. So Previously, you know, like that's part of the assessment we have to do is did you pick, did you take a team too early? And when I put together my draft board, I knew the Dodgers were there and I, they were, it's like if I'd been picking the 49ers in the NFL draft, I'm not expecting Trevor Lawrence to still be there. I was expecting the Dodgers to be go. I don't think it is like previous letters we've done where there is like a standout number one. I don't think the gap from one to two or one to three is that huge? But clearly they had to go on the first two picks. Sounds like Frank lost out then. Do you want to guess what my two pick is, Eddie? You like well, to no. guess what I'm thinking? No, you no because you've tried to bait me with this You before. can imagine him like writing them down <laughs> as we guess them. <laughs> I mean, I think, so, I, okay, I'll, I'll send Sam a message and say who I think you're going to pick. But I, no, there's no way because the team I'm going to say is I think the team that absolutely should be chosen second. So yeah. I have sent I have sent Sam a message and now you can you can make your pick. Okay. I'm go going ahead. to go Duke University. Shit. Home of home of the Blue Devils. Double spe- D's. Now you have to specify the sport here. Basketball. Okay, no, but I'm just saying you, you have to you, you have to say it. I'm just saying is like oh okay, you, you can't just okay. assume you yes. got to put it and your men's basketball specifically. Yes, men's basketball this year, this time this year. Just this letter you know, is Frank, men's basketball. Eddie was correct. Yeah, yeah. This to me was an easy second choice. Um, also, from a personal standpoint, I've always been a Duke basketball fan. I kind of just grew up. My parents were big Duke basketball fans. One of the earliest memories I actually ever have of watching sports is putting on having a Bobby Hurley 
jersey and watching them win the national championship in 91 and or 92. I mean, I don't remember exactly what year, but that's one of my earlier memories of watching sports and being a sports fan is rooting for Duke when they win those back-to-back national championships. Um, they're obviously a powerhouse in in basketball for a substantial amount of time. I mean, basically since Mike Krzyzewski has been there, uh, fourth all-time in wins, I think tied for fourth all-time in NCAA championships with five. They've been to the championship game 11 times. That's third all-time, 16 final fours. They're, I mean, they are, when you think college basketball, whether you love them or hate them, which I think is another good aspect of being a sports team is you need to have people that disgust and hate your team to get that rivalry going. And there is a lot of people who dislike Duke because of their success. So I think that kind of makes uh, a team relevant. They have the stadium. That's another big thing. Cameron Indoor Stadium, I think, was ranked usually ranked in kind of like the top five of North American stadiums for difficulty to play in because it's so packed and it's small and the students are basically right on the court. So you have that, uh, the rivalry aspect, Duke against UNC is one of the best rivalries in all of North America. Uh, it's, you know, an all time top rivalry. Um, I had a good quote. I found U S representative Brad Miller, who's a diehard UNC fan told the associated press in 2012, I have said very publicly that if Duke was playing against the Taliban, then I'd have to pull for the Taliban. So even American politicians feel the rivalry. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's like you look at some of the talent that's come out of that team. And Eddie's made the point before when I picked a college team that you have to see them translate to the NBA. And while that isn't so much the case with Duke, their players are some of the best college players of all time. So you have people like J.J. Redick, Bobby Hurley, Jason Williams, Grant Hill, Christian Leitner, Shane Battier. I mean, these are like some of the top college basketball players ever. So they have that. The I think they just have every aspect of what makes a sports team great is kind of built into their to their team. So to me, that's an easy pick at number two. I think there's a huge drop off after that. <laughs> yes, I will agree there that my my picks are going to sound significantly worse than those first two in some respects. And I'll make it simple. My pick at number three is the Miami Dolphins, which, you know, I don't. Obviously, when you think of Ouch. the NFL, the Dolphins are <laughs> not necessarily the first team that comes to mind. That being said do have a pretty interesting history. Oldest professional sports team in Florida. That's <laughs> in Miami. That's your main one. <laughs> no, I know. No, no, no. I mean, they were the first team to make uh, three consecutive Super Bowls and only the second team to win back-to-back championships in the NFL. They... Uh, you know, one of the most iconic coaches in the history of the NFL and Don Shula. Dan Marino, one of the most iconic quarterbacks. And for people of our age, I think the biggest argument would be take even the performances off the field completely out of the equation. But Ace Ventura, pet detective, you get a pretty central role of the Dolphins in one of the most popular comedy movies of the 1990s. So 
whilst their performance on the field may not always have been top class, they have played a pretty central role in one of the most iconic movies from our childhood. So, so interesting. I, I didn't have the, I had dolphins down as kind of one of those like auxiliary picks in case like I panicked or worried, but the ones I had written down (laughs) there were like from a non us perspective, I think the dolphins are one of the more recognizable names, right? They're, they're one of the more famous kind of internationally, I guess. Uh, and I wrote down the Ace Ventura part of that being one of them. But also my memory of the Dolphins was the kind of wildcat formation that they yeah. just seemed to become like oh. iconically oh. associated Once again, with. Sam chipping in just to make my argument even stronger. You're right. I did bring <laughs> the wildcat to the NFL. Consider your argument <laughs> bolstered. But yeah, from a, from a non-European aspect, I found it interesting that the Dolphins were in there. But I didn't pick them. Well, you didn't pick them because Eddie picked them. Yeah, and but <laughs> but you know a team I bet you were dying to pick. The most successful team in Croatian football, Dynamo Zagreb. Now, whoa, whoa! The... I thought I thought we said that this doesn't doesn't count. But we did because we Atletico Madrid <laughs> got drafted in the A's, so we have to end. No one's just calling them Zagreb, right? Like the Dynamo is the even their club. I don't know because I don't really talk to many people that I talk do. about them in general. There's a lot of people called Dynamo, though. I would go to, I might give away a name here, but I would go to Kiev before Zagreb as a Dynamo. That's fine, but I just think the most successful team in Croatian football is the team I want with my second pick and the fourth pick overall in the D's. Look, it's not a strong letter. And uh, look, Dynamo Zagreb, as I said, most successful team. I think they have one of the most iconic uniforms in European football. I think people can pick out the checkered Dynamo Zagreb uniform. People are familiar with it, even when they don't know who necessarily the team is. They have never played outside the top flight in Croatia. You know, managed to survive the former Yugoslav Republic. So they've, you know, it's not been the easiest ride of any of them. We've got to give them points for effort in that regard, you know. So has Duke Duke basketball ever had to play basketball games during a civil war? No. You know, this has, is, I, I, I don't like this one. I love because this third Dynamo like, literally they, means, Dynamo means club. So it's the equivalent of like, <laughs> you just thinking, like we did the C's, if you just said club, whatever. It'd be like, well, when we get you should have thought of it. It's like, well, we get to you and I just choose university of and pick the three. You've argued for this before. You've argued. You've already argued. And I was told no. Yeah, but look, we're we're drafting in English here. Okay, right. So Dynamo doesn't mean club in English. Okay, we're drafting in English. We're drafting in. Look, Frank, it's not a strong pick anyway. So I don't know why you're. you're, If this is your veto, you're wasting it because there's going to be a better veto on another letter at some point. So, look, you know, but I'll finish it off. You know, the Dodgers never had to play baseball during a genocide. So, (laughs) you know, I think points for effort. Many people say that. No, exactly. Points for effort. Think of how many numbers the Dodgers would have to retire in that case. Wouldn't just be 42. It would be all of them. So, you know, 
right, Frank, you got genocide up your sleeve or what you got? What you got for us? I don't have genocide, but I have a demonic team in the New Jersey Devils. They are my second pick. Now, I'm with Eddie. The teams are getting scarce in the D's in round two. <laughs> and this is more of a what's left and more of a good story. Um, so I'm picking the New Jersey Devils. I mean, look, they're not a bad hockey team. They've won the Stanley Cup three times. They've reached the finals five times. But the story of them being called the Devils, I think, is what's kind of cool because it's they're not just it's not just randomly that they're called the devils, you know, like a team is called, I don't know, like the Cougars or the lions or something like that. There's actually a story behind it and it's the New Jersey devil. So I think this is an ode to me being from New Jersey where it's actually a pretty popular folklore story that in the pine barrens, which is very South Jersey, like in the woods and the marshes, there's this old story about um, mother Leeds, Who's this woman who had 12 kids and then on her 13th kid, she cursed the child and it came out being the devil and came out and killed the entire family and then escaped through the chimney and has been haunting the woods, the Pine Barrens of New Jersey since then. And, you know, people have had sightings of the devil and stuff like that. So I think it's just really cool that you have a team name after this like folklore of the 17, 1800s. And you don't see that very much in team sports. So I think that's really neat. I didn't actually know until about two years ago, which is pretty bad because being from New Jersey and seeing a bunch of devils, that the logo of the New Jersey devil has the N and the J in the devil. I don't know if I'm just an idiot and never have noticed that, but someone told me that about two years ago, and it's pretty neat that they designed that in the monogram. Um, the other thing is that this is a good mascot story. I just want to say We've, slim pickings while we're crediting them, crediting them for having a good a logo. cool logo. I mean, so we've talked, we've talked previously about how the mascot gets like charged for doing things when it's actually an actual human inside the mascot costume. So, I mean, not a joking matter, but the mascot for the Devils was the New Jersey Devil, and he's like the seven foot mascot literally like a devil in a, in a in a jersey and he had gotten charged with inappropriately touching women during the games so he'd go for pictures and like touch the women i just but wanted on record person, i just wanted on record that frank loses this draft by laughing about <laughs> sexual no, assault I'm not while laughing. he tells the story this guy i'm not great. laughing about what the sexual character. assault at all no i'm not laughing about the sexual assault what i'm laughing about is that that person was obviously fired and charged, but they decided to not have the mascot around anymore as if the mascot itself was the one that was perpetrating the crimes. So they just like abandoned the mascot except it, like and ignored the fact that maybe it was just some really douchey asshole that was being inappropriate inside the costume and you could get someone else to, to put a fresh take on it. But instead they just decided that it was the mascot itself. Um, but yeah, I'll go New Jersey Devils second pick. Um, decent hockey team, cool, cool origin story. Cool might be a stretch, but all right, Sam. I, I'll say this. An and, and wait, wait, wait. I'll I'll match I'm not his more Ace Ventura. On the New Jersey Devils. <laughs> I'll match Ace Ventura with Seinfeld, 
when Putty goes to the de- Devil's game and he puts on the all face paint and then he goes to the nun and is like, the devils, the devils, and screams in her face. You're right. You done now, Frank? <laughs> we got more. And scene. <laughs> now, Sam, I'm just going to say this. If you can nail your second pick, I think you win this draft. That's pressure because I don't think I have. <laughs> so I'm going to go. I know what he's going to go with. Hold on, Eddie. I'm going to be honest. You don't. Okay. Oh. Wow. All right. I have gone for Durham. I considered Durham. In the English County cricket team. Well, in the English County Championship. So it was tough, really, because there's also... Well, there's also another team. I won't bring them up, but I guess you can probably figure it out now because I've kind of given it away. But Durham are one of the founding teams in uh, the English kind of cricket club format, not the county championship format, but uh, for English cricket more generally in 1882. Um, they only actually became a first-class cricket team in 1991, but they've won three county titles in that time, which is interesting because Surrey and Yorkshire have borderline completely dominated um, the county championship since the 90s anyway. But interestingly enough, it was their roster of players or their history of certain players that they've had that is fantastic. But also a great little stat that between 1976 and 1982 in the minor leagues, they went 65 matches unbeaten. And in cricket, I feel that's just incredible. Over a six-year period, they were completely unbeaten in minor counties. And they actually have a record of being one of the the first minor counties team to beat a major counties team as well. So they've done, they've got some pretty good history in terms of being like a small underdog team as well before becoming a major team. But when you look at their lineup, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I got to jump in here and tell you why you've just blown this draft because one of Durham's most iconic players <sighs> oh, come is on. someone who Stealing I am player. on record as being better than. So I my thunder. <laughs> so I'm not going to let you win the draft when this. Paul Collingwood is coming into the argument, who everyone knows I was a better cricketer then. So we had with Durham, we've got Ian Botham, Mike Hussey, Kumil Sangakara, Shoei Bakhtar, and of course, Paul Collingwood. Such good players, all of them fantastic, all of them better than Eddie. So that is why Durham <laughs> was my second pick. <laughs> Uh, I did see. I did see that Falcon would played for them, and I almost picked them as well, just for that reason. It was going to be a one sentence reason. <laughs> I'm up again. Third and you five. are. Oh, Sam, do you understand snake draft? Yeah, <laughs> he's just. This is, I've <laughs> never just seen fourth time we've been doing fourth time. Me. Actually, it's the fifth time we've done this because the first time we just drafted numbers, and he's still <laughs> still struggling. <laughs> yeah, but it was confusing. Like, which number am I versus which number am I? Picking? The number oh, one ele- slightly confusing to take like seven with the second pick. I get, I get there. There's a little. There's an element <laughs> so of confusion, <laughs> but this is this is not really all right. So my third pick is DC United. So going over to MLS football. Um, the Tough one here. It's, it was interesting. It starts getting, it gets us into another gray area. Are they technically United or are they DC? District of Columbia United. 
Well, I mean, whichever no, way DC. you put it, there's a D at the start. God, our rules <laughs> just gone out the window. Yeah, but sometimes there's always a D at the start, Sam, right? Hey, amen to that. Fingers crossed. But look, they're one of the, the first clubs to sign up with the MLS, one of the charter clubs to go into it. Uh, they've won the most cups and shields or variants of whatever competition that have gone through it. They're the first American club to win the CONCACAF, so the kind of equivalent Champions League. Um, also, they've got one of the more famous coaches or had one of the most famous coaches, Bruce Arena. So I always remember him from kind of American football or American soccer. And also they've got yeah. one of the biggest fan bases. He had a great career in the yeah. NFL. Yeah. <laughs> what do you remember from that? It was just a name. It was a name recognition as opposed to anything else. So in terms of like historical significance within MLS, but also success within the MLS, I picked DC. You missed out the thing with DC United, I think, that probably would have most Europeans might be familiar with who are into football. Freddie Adu. Oh, you're missing a more famous one. Wayne Rooney. Well, yeah, but Wayne Rooney just went there for a season. But Freddie Adu. Yeah, arguably the best player in MLS history. (laughs) You always signed Freddie Adu really early in Football Manager when he was like 14, 15. In that, that, I can't remember what year that would have been. But I remember always trying to sign Freddie Adu. I mean, Freddie Adu is basically our age. He's he's like two years younger than us, I think. But yeah, right, Frank. I think you got a chance to steal this one. I'm going to just say right now, I'm out of it. I am not winning this one. But I'm giving no. Sam a slight edge. But we'll see what your third pick is. I was going to take DC United just because at this point they're one of the only teams left that's won a trophy. Oh, I've got I've got an incredible pick for number nine. Okay. I'm going to lose the draft and I'm going to go with the Anaheim Ducks with my reasoning being they are the only team in all of sports that was started and named after a fictional movie (laughs) created by the Walt Disney Company named after the Mighty Ducks. So I can't think of another team in all sports that's been named after a movie. So that alone is pretty unique. So I'll take them well, on their uniqueness. That's a good question. I'm trying so to the, think. So the Toronto Raptors were called the Raptors legitimately because Jurassic Park was super popular. So they were like, dinosaurs are a big thing. Let's call ourselves the Raptors. That's going to be big. But that's you're right. That's like a little bit more removed from the movie yeah. than the Angels. I mean, they, yeah. I, I I think you're right, but then there's some there's some possibility out there that like one of the IPL teams or who knows is named after some weird reference we wouldn't get. Maybe, yeah, that could be. They've won a Stanley Cup, so at least they have a trophy to put in their trophy case. But other than that, um, you had to have professional athletes wearing a jersey that was worn by 13 year old kids. In a movie, so another pretty unique situation. But I think, I think there is some iconic level to that for maybe for people abroad who know nothing about hockey, but have seen the Mighty Ducks and know a hockey team in the Mighty Ducks. So, in the NHL, you mean? Yes, yeah, yeah. Like that's the only <laughs> NHL team they would know. Yes. If you've seen the Mighty Ducks, you know a you know a hockey team in the Mighty Ducks. All right. Well, it, you you had so much enthusiasm 
in the delivery there that I, if I make myself the judge, then I think you've probably <laughs> lost it on that pick. But maybe the listeners will disagree. I'm going to bring a tremendous amount of enthusiasm to the ninth and final pick of the draft. This might not be the most famous team we've mentioned. It might not be the most successful team that we've discussed, but they probably have the best name and they definitely have the best spirit. North Carolina has long been rich in baseball with minor league teams now stretching from Asheville to down east. And this team offers America's pastime, cold beer, and affordable family-friendly entertainment. The music will be a little bit funkier than you might expect, but the crack of the bat on the ball will be the same. And will be they'll be the sharpest dressed team you'll find anywhere. And that Do you know who it is? <laughs> it's the carolina disco turkeys (laughs) do you know what you've pulled such a good one there because i've got absolutely nothing to say about this pick no they don't call them the disco turkeys they just call them the turkeys (laughs) no no, they disco is at the very heart of everything they do disco music plays during games they have a disco theme within the stadium and in the uniforms so look if you're listening to this and you love disco music, probably not many of you, but if you do, then the Disco Turkeys are the team for you. And also just if you want to, I guess, technically professional sports team who puts who put entertainment above performance, then the Disco Turkeys are the team for you as well. That was going to be my point. Are they any good? Don't know. Unclear, but you're drafting them anyway. <laughs> Very hard to find a lot of history of, of the Disco Turkeys. Um, they have won things, but it's difficult to assess how difficult it is to win those things. Or exactly how, what those things are. But <laughs> but uh, look, it's, it's just about the name concept. You know, like the Disco Turkeys are the Friends cast that Frank wishes existed. They're the Friends cast who turn up for free because they care about people. And they don't have the millions of dollars, but they just turn up and put on a show. And as I said, and perhaps maybe they said, with family-friendly pricing. I thought you were going to go for a team that had a very good team name of a minor league baseball in the Tulsa Drillers. That was a pretty good one. I looked into those. Sure you did. And I bet you found <laughs> bet you found them in a different way too. You're like, oh wow, that's a baseball Drillers. team. So, did you guys have any? And they're also a baseball team. Hmm? I'm surprised no one picked Darby, oh. one of their ten original founders, right? Yeah, but who cares? Did anyone well pick Dortmund? No. <laughs> 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 I was so panicked about whether you'd be like, no, it's Borussia, but you wouldn't. Yeah, that's the debate. But them. yeah, they, they should have been. They should have been a D. Yeah. Borussia Dortmund. Okay, I want to change my eighth pick. <laughs> <laughs> no, if anything, I should change my third pick. That's where they probably should. If I had like but... Dodgers, Dortmund, Durham, I would have felt very strong. But I was too weak to think that the Borussia thing would pass. Uh, I think Durham's your weakest pick, to be honest with you. Oh really? Yeah. Not a lot to like about Durham, really. Oh, you're just Paul Collingwood bitter. It's no, but legitimately, any any county team is going to have a good list of players because every county team will have produced one or two England internationals. And now with the international, the 
the international players coming on board, you're always going to have a couple of very recognizable names having played for you. Like saying Sangakara played for Durham. It's not as if Sangakara sort of came through the Durham Academy and then was shipped off to Sri Lanka. That sounds worse than you intended. <laughs> I have an English pronunciation question for you. Is it Dorking or Dorking? They sound the same. Yeah. Dorking. 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 D-O-R-K-I-N-G. Okay. Dorking. But not like Dorking. Dorking. Yeah, yeah. Dorking. Not like the king of doors. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. I also saw the Dallas Dingoes, an Australian football club in America. (laughs) Wow. But no, anyone who's listened to that and thought that we were really scraping the barrel there, we were. And I think E promises to... I, I genuinely... Oh, God. E's going to be way tougher. <laughs> e. It's not that easy. When you think Europe, it's... It's not that easy. It's not that easy when you think anywhere. I can think of a... I can think of a couple. I mean, All I'll right, say well, Philadelphia we're Eagles. We're really going to be. Right? They're definitely, they're definitely getting picked. Yep. <laughs> Everton. <laughs> We've done E then. <laughs> Everton. That's two. Um, I'm sure we'll think of more. You just need some time. Yeah, I've got it's true that E, we're hitting maybe the weak spot in the alphabet. And the thing is, it's coming at a surprising moment. Like, uh, my gut feeling would have been that this is a really strong set of letters. But in reality, it's just not. But No, I think once we get to the, like, R-S-T. To R. R-S-T. Yeah, the... The R.L. Stein is really going to hit it off. M is good. N is good. P is good. <laughs> Are we now drafting the alphabet again? Yes. Oh, well, well, that's a whole. That's that's a segment we do. That's after we've drafted the letters individually. Then we look at what were the teams that were drafted in that. The nine teams drafted for that wow. respective letter. And then we draft the letters. It's almost this inception. Is... <laughs> it's inception <Yes>. and drafting. <laughs> exactly. It's never ending. It's when, you know, it's just a snake eating its tail. It's going to take Sam some time to grasp that concept though. Yeah. Oh, it's a snake. <laughs> so hold on. Now he's going to be like a snake draft. So you pick one and then you do all the other picks. <laughs> so Eddie, speaking of minor league baseball with your pick, just kind of to end, the, the last thing I had was, did you see the Oakland A's minor league baseball team's food situation? I did not. So the A's minor league organization came under a good amount of heat because there was photos revealed of what they were feeding the players after the games. And I'll share my screen to show you what they were eating. So that was Audis. the food they were given. <laughs> <laughs> they were given a sandwich that contained one slice of a tomato, one slice of lettuce, and a slice of processed American cheese. No meats, no condiments. What the hell's on the right? And the other coleslaw, I think. No, no, I mean that whatever oh, that like. The other thing they were given was a tor- it was a tortilla with 
two cuts of pepper and two cuts of onion in the tortilla. Again, no meat. This is what they were feeding their players who are aspiring to be professional athletes within their organization. Is this a single A team? Uh, I don't know if it's single or double A. Yeah. It's tough, right? But it's amazing, A, how little money there is in minor league baseball and how little money, how like the salaries of minor league baseball players. It's just shocking that there are legitimately people out there committing their lives to a sport for and such a tough schedule for virtually no money. And yeah, it's it's not a glorious or glamorous life in any in any way. Yeah, that processed cheese sandwich isn't going to do it. I don't know who's choosing to play baseball under those conditions. It must just suck because, you know, like Brett Johnson was saying, there's no concept of like promotion if you dedicate yourself, work really hard in the minor leagues. You may obviously as a manager be seen or a coach be seen and go up to the major leagues. But as a club, you can't take them anywhere, can you? They can't do anything beyond the minor leagues. Right? The, like the team? No, the team itself can't move. Team's stuck. Just the players within. The, but the yeah. players move. So the goal but, I is mean, to, to do well as a player and, and move your way up through the through the rankings. But But you're right in the sense that there are players who are just – permanent minor league players just playing in single double a baseball their entire career that must be fun and slightly depressing at the same time (laughs) yeah so when you look up minor league baseball players salaries there's articles like minor league baseball salaries hover at poverty level so the average salary for a minor league baseball player is around six to ten thousand dollars and I'm talking a day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. For the season. A week. A month. <laughs> for the season. So now admittedly that's Jeez. not a full year. That's whatever it is, six months of the year. But yeah. you're still struggling. You got you have to have a really nice job for the remaining six months to have a nice yeah. life when you're earning six thousand for half of the time. Well, talk to you boys later. See ya. Cheerio.